I V M. You are listening to the Signal Daily, brought to you by Front Page Studios. Social media apps everywhere are trying to capture the hearts of Gen Z, the ultimate cool cats of the digital realm. But when it comes to texting, what do they prefer? It's no secret that Gen Z is a generation deeply intertwined with technology and social media. When it comes to messaging apps, Snapchat and iMessage seem to dominate the scene, and apparently Snapchat is the go-to choice for Gen Z. But why is that the case? Well, times have changed. Unlike older generations that preferred calling or sending a text message, teens prefer something quick and fun that won't stick around forever. And Snapchat is just that. In this social media era where everything can go viral in an instant, Snapchat is a more intimate and private space for teens to connect with their friends. Plus, the disappearing messages and notifications alerting one about chat screenshots makes it more likable to Gen Z. For some people, Snapchat has even become a part of their routine, sending daily snaps to maintaining snap streaks and updating their friends on the minutest details of the day. This habitual behavior may linger on for years, especially for folks who have been using Snapchat for a while now, maybe even since its inception. Now, apart from Snapchat, there is another big player in the messaging app game, iMessage. Here, it's the clear preference of blue chat bubbles to green ones. And the appeal of being an iPhone user, according to the WSG, iMessage reigns as the top communication app among teens in the US, signaling its widespread usage and popularity in the younger demographic. This might not be entirely true for Indian users. iMessage still has its appeal, but India is an Android-dominated country, with WhatsApp being its texting preference. In fact, as of 2021, according to Union Minister Ravi Shankar Prasad. WhatsApp has over 530 million users in India, but now all this raises the question: Why are teens so crucial for Snapchat and Apple? So here's the deal: As the current and future customers, teens are incredibly important for such companies. If a company can get them to adopt and embrace their services, they'll likely stick with it as they grow older, bringing in more users. So both Snapchat and Apple recognize the significance of capturing this demographic, which is typically the age group of 16 to 24. However, these companies might also be looking out for millennials and Gen X, as mentioned by the Snap executives. Snapchat's user base has expanded beyond its initial teen audience, with half of its users now over the age of 25. As for WhatsApp and iMessage, it is already a place for family group chats and office talks. And let's not forget the competition. New apps like Beerial and Discord are gaining traction among teens, and Gen Zers love whatever is trending. So, as this generation enters its thirties, will they keep snapping or move on to the next trend? For the next few minutes, you are going to know a little more than you did yesterday from the world of technology, business, policy, and anything that leaves you with food for thought. Hello, I am Farheen Khan, and this is the deep dive for twenty third May, twenty twenty three. Like a stealthy tiger stalking its prey, 
Tiger Global, renowned for its investment in tech-driven enterprises, now turns its gaze towards the Rajasthan Royals. According to the Economic Times, Tiger Global is looking to invest in the 2008 Indian Premier League Championships. The New York-based investment powerhouse is considering putting $40 million in the Royals. And if that deal goes through, the team will be valued at $650 million. But what does this investment mean for Tiger Global? Well, it signifies the expansion of the firm as it ventures deeper into India's sports economy, moving beyond its primary focus on the digital commerce sector, where it gained recognition for backing Flipkart in its early stages. Plus, Tiger Global has been active in India for almost 15 years and has become a major player in the market. Its other notable investments include Ola, Zomato and Delivery, among others. In the world of sports, Tiger Global already has a stake in Dream Sports, a major player in online fantasy gaming through its platform Dream11. But anyway, turns out Tiger Global isn't the only global investment firm that was lured by the Rajasthan Royals. Back in 2021, Redbird Capital, a US-based firm that loves investing in professional sports clubs, jumped into the game. They snagged up a 15% stake in a secondary deal that valued the Royals at over $250 million, as reported by the Financial Times. And interestingly, Redbird Capital also has a piece of the action in Liverpool, the English Premier League football club. And it's not just the Rajasthan Royals that are catching the fancy of these global firms. In 2021, Luxembourg-based CVC Capital Partners made waves by becoming the first private equity firm to buy an entire IPL team. It snatched up the Gujarat Titans, an Ahmedabad-based franchise, with a winning bid of 5,625 crore. All this ultimately indicates the growing interest of private equity firms in the Indian sports market. But why is there a surge interest? It's simple. Everyone's itching to grab a slice of the IPL's $10.9 billion pie. But hold on. Let me give you a little more context to understand this better. First is money. Take the media and broadcasting revenue, for instance. Sony shelled out over 8,000 crore rupees for the IPL's media rights in 2009, before Star India doubled it in 2017 with a staggering bid of 16,347 crore rupees for the next five years. Then, last year, Star India and Viacom 18 together shelled out 48,390 crore rupees for the next five year cycle. The IPL splits the broadcast revenue with its franchises, so private equity investors definitely stand a chance to claim their fair share of this wealth. The IPL also attracts a staggering global audience of 462 million viewers, cementing its status as one of the hottest sporting events worldwide. Now next is scarcity. Compare the IPL to the US-based tournaments like the NFL, NBA, MLB and others, which boast a plethora of teams, 151 in total to be precise. Similarly, the Premier League, CDA, Bundesliga, League One and La Liga together have 98 teams. But in the IPL, there are just 10 teams. So, when supply is limited and demand skyrockets, prices naturally soar. That's Economics 101. And lastly, Monopolies. IPL doesn't expand as frequently as other leagues do. So, as an investor, you're very well aware that you'll be operating within an oligopoly, a market with limited competition. 
This makes projecting factors like market share and revenues much more predictable and enticing for investors. Besides, the IPL is reaching new heights with its wide-reaching influence and growing fan base. The tournament's partnerships with marketing brands are becoming even more valuable, providing global companies with increased visibility and greater returns on their investments. So, as the league gears up to becoming big in the coming years, it's no surprise that foreign investors are hopping on the IPL bandwagon and going all out. If you like listening to The Signal Daily, please show us some support. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'd love to hear what you have to say about this podcast. So feel free to shoot an email at hello at thesignal.co. The Signal Daily is produced in association with IVM. The episode was written, researched and produced by Aditi and Manaswini. Edited by Venkat Anand and Jaydeep Vaidya. Mastered and mixed by Manas and Nirvan. You can catch this podcast every morning on Spotify, Apple, Amazon Prime Music, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are thesignal.co on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter.